Hey, this is Billy McPeak, pastor of Grace Point Church. And this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you and motivates you. I hope it builds your faith. I pray it gives you a perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Ezekiel chapter 37. I, I really feel a special anointing on this service today, as should be on every service that we um, come into. And um, the song that we just sang um, parallels so um, aptly with where we're going today in Scripture. Uh, that one verse says, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God does, God works in mysterious ways. And, and uh, well, some, some could say, well, you got with the, the praise team and told them what to sing. And in and, uh, some churches that happens. In this church, it doesn't. We, uh, we actually just uh, allowed them um, to lead us as God leads them. And, and then I put my message together as God leads me. And oftentimes, they'll correspond with one another. And, and so I feel today that God has a special word for someone in this room. Um, and and this, this message speaks to us so aptly and ably concerning um, dead situations in our lives. But it also lets us know that those bones can sing again. Amen. And so Ezekiel chapter 37, if you have it, we'll read verse 1. And we'll go through verse 3. And... Just for sake of reading and, and time, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. All the old preachers, they, they would like to get one out of the Old Testament and one out of the New. So one out of the Old Covenant and one out of the New Covenant. And how many knows that the God in the Old is the same God that's in the New? Amen. We, we didn't get a different God when, when the covenant changed. Amen. He just became more, um, more available to us. He, he's not a God at a distance. He's a God of closeness now. He's, he's not a God uh, behind a curtain. He ripped that curtain, amen, allowing not only us access to him, but him access to us. Amen? Praise the Lord. And I'm so thankful, amen, that he loves us enough to go to, to, go to the lengths that he did in order to provide salvation for us. And so um, uh, let's, let's read uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many, very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know, you know. Well, of course, he knows. He just wants to know if you know. He knows who he is, but do you know who you are? He knows how powerful he is, but do you know how powerful he is? Oh, Lord, you know. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 Apostle Paul writing to the church, Corinth, concerning his missionary journeys. He's an apostle called by God, redeemed, converted, and now an itinerant preacher and a church planner. And he says, but we had the sentence of death 
in ourselves. This is what we thought about our situation. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Amen. So this is the Apostle Paul, who's written 13 of what we call the Pauline epistles of the New Testament, writing to us and saying, we had the sentence of death upon us. But we realized that we could not trust in ourselves, but trust in God who raises the dead. So I want us to pray together, and then we'll get into the word for just a little while. Father, we just confess that, that we often attempt to make sense out of life, and, and uh, we try to make it uh, do what we want it to do and, and say what we want it to say. And, and oftentimes we misunderstand, and we take wrong turns, and we make a mess of it. Lord, we just come together today, and we sit under... Uh, your word, and we pray that you would pour your spirit upon us so that your word indeed would light our path. Lord, God would be a lamp to our feet, showing us the way and leading us to you. Father, we just ask it all in the name of Jesus. Can the church say amen today? Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I want to speak to us just for a little while on a subject titled... And they don't have it up there yet, but dead ends and dry bones. Dead ends and dry bones. Now, this won't be the first message ever preached on this passage of Scripture. As a matter of fact, I, I, looked at, I, I, looked, I did a Google search. Uh, you know, we always do that in, in putting together uh, messages and studying out. One man, his title for this chapter and verse was Trapped on a Dead End Street. And so there's many different ways that we could look at this this morning. But I want to talk to us about dead ends and dry bones. And although we don't like to admit it, oftentimes we run into uh, dead end places in our lives where we don't know what to do, we don't know what to do, we don't know uh, where to turn, and oftentimes we don't even know what to pray. Um, sometimes it seems like we've hit a dead end. In other words, it seems like everything is finished, everything is over, uh, there's no way out, um, there's no way through. Um, seems like you're done and it's over with. I know that if you've ever been to a place like this, you know just how hard this kind of place can be. It's a difficult place to be. In reading uh, the Apostle Paul's writing to us in 1 Corinthians I want you to notice that word sentence that was uh, mentioned in the verse. He says, we had the sentence of death upon us. And it's taken from the Greek word krino. The, the Greek word krino normally refers to a jury who's just handed down a final sentence in the court of law. You could say that uh, the word krino... Um, it denotes a verdict or a sentence that's pronounced as the result of a court trial. And so basically after all of the evidence has been presented and judges examined all the facts, a final verdict is issued by the court. That's exactly what Paul uses in the word that he uses in this dramatic verse. And in using this word, Paul is telling us that so much evidence 
So many problems were stacked up against him and his companions by all appearances. It looked like there was no way out. There was no way for them to escape or even survive. It looked like they had hit a dead end. Everything for them seemed to be finished. It was over. It was done with. And Paul, Paul speaking to us, this is precisely what he must have felt when he was facing these overwhelming problems in Asia. And, and so he, he let us know from uh, this Greek word that as far as he was concerned, there was no way out. There was no life for a situation. And that death had been pronounced upon him. And so now we go back to Ezekiel chapter 37 and we parallel, we tie these in. It's a, it's a very famous passage that records Ezekiel's valley of dry bones or the vision of the valley of dry bones. And this, this vision took place while Israel was in Bab Babylonian captivity. Um, back in chapter 6, God said that he was bringing a sword upon Israel and that he would scatter their bones. And the bones we, we see that are raised to life are then described later on in, in, in chapter 37 as an exceeding great army. And so basically this suggests to us that a great battle has taken place and this is the aftermath of the battle. God made dead bones come back to life and he did it by giving these bones his life-giving breath. Amen. The prayer I've been praying for the past few weeks is not, Lord, help me pay my bills. Lord, help me put gas in my tank. God, I need a new set of tires. God, help me find that significant somebody. You know, maybe that's what you've been praying. And that's all right to pray. But the, but the prayer that I've been praying that I've shared with the church on Wednesday night is, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Amen? Fill me with your spirit. Amen. God made these bones raised to life, and he did it by giving them his life-giving breath. Now, there's certainly a double meaning here referring both to the breath and God's spirit, but the Hebrew word ruach means breath, wind, spirit, small s, or spirit, capital S, depending upon the context. And so he says, I'm going to breathe into them. And he's talking about his spirit. Now, the, the, the Valley of Dry Bones is, is explained as a metaphor for, for Israel's return from ca captivity. So what we understand is that God identified these bones as the whole house of Israel. He was talking about the church of that giving day. And he knew that they had lost hope. But God promised to raise Israel from their grave. He says, I'm going to bring you out of this. And God makes four promises to them, and they're all wrapped together. In Ezekiel 37 and 12, he says, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves. Not just open them, but I'm going to bring you out. It's kind of like a Lazarus come forth moment. Secondly, he says, I will bring you into the land of Israel, verses 12 through 14. He says, and then you shall know that I am Yahweh, or I am your God, verses 13 through 14. 
And fourthly, he says, I will put my spirit within you. Verse 14. See, God is saying, I'm going to give my chosen people extraordinary power. And the very thing that will sustain and promote and keep them will be my spirit. They may have lost their faith. They may have floundered in the word. They may be emaciated like these dry bones. And there's nothing but death all around them. But he says, I'm going to breathe new life into their situation. I'm going to put new life into their marriage. I'm going to put new life into their career. I'm going to put new life into that new venture that they're looking to start. God says, I'm going to breathe into them new life. We all like stories, so I want to tell you a story this morning about a lady by the name of Sabby Brown. I don't know if you've ever known anybody by the name of Sabby, and her last name is spelled B-R-O-W-N-E. It's kind of like Grace Point with an E. <laughs> Could be Mac Peak with an E, too. Because most people leave that one off. But let me tell you this story. It's a hard story. It's a tragic story. It's a story uh, full of dead ends. But it's a story that's still being written. Even as your life is still being written today. On November 6, 1991, a band of rebels stormed into this small village in Liberia. In a, a dusty pickup truck and battered jeeps, they roared into the village uh, without warning, and they unleashed waves of terror upon the people. They were part of a violent uprising to overthrow the government of Samuel Doe. The first house they stormed him to was a, a house uh, where Sabby Brown lived. The first, uh, her father worked for the government. He was a deputy chief of immigration. They beat, they bound, and they tortured him in unspeakable ways before they killed him. And Sabby was restrained and she was forced to watch. The rebels tore uh, Sabby's infant son Onesimus from her hands. And they assaulted her, they brutalized her, and they left her to die. Left for dead with little food and less hope, Sabby and Onesimus escaped into the scrub brush wilderness and they walked through the bush for more than a month. On December the 10th, they arrived in the Ivory Coast, and a family took them in. It seemed like there was a, a little bit of a hope for them. After three months, when they, when they could no longer provide the care that Sabby needed, they asked her to leave. They were homeless. They were penniless. They were helpless. They were hopeless. Young mother, mother and her baby, it was a dead end for them. On March 2nd, 1992, Sabby and Onesimus re, uh, arrived in a refugee camp in Ghana. It was crowded with tens of thousands of refugees fleeing the same horror. Sabby found work weaving hair and found a relationship with a man from Ghana. She thought things were looking up for her, and it seemed like they were. She had two more children, Rafinu and, and Nadu. The man eventually left her. Now she's homeless, a mother with three children in a refugee camp. Another dead end in her life. A refugee settlement program that knits together aid agencies and church efforts and cooperation of governments brought Sabby to the United States. 
a little Christian church cobbled together enough money to put together um, uh, a small amount to uh, give her the means of an apartment and furnish that apartment. And so on a bitter cold February night in 2006, 15 years after the rebels roared into her village, Sabby and her three children arrived in Chicago. They were small. They were stunted from malnourishment. They needed shots. They needed medical attention. They needed safe, strong, consistent schools. They needed a stable community. They needed hope. And Sabby wrote these words. She said, I don't know where my mother, my brother, and sisters are since the Liberian War, but I thank God that I am alive with my family. Now, now you, can, you can look at that, um, that story with, and say, man, that's just a, a remarkable resilience of the human spirit because it contains the tension between the worst impulses in humanity and the best. It contains... Um, celebration or luck or providence or, or the mystery it's, uh, of, of how some uh, actually survive in this cruel world. But, but I want you to hear it as a living parable of dead ends. A dead end is a, um, is a, is a term that we use oftentimes meaning that it goes to nowhere. If you look up dead end in the um, dictionary, it, it basically takes you to a word called cul-de-sac. It means that this is the only way in and there's, this is the only way out. It's a street with one inlet and one outlet. And, and we as, we as uh, children of God, oftentimes we, we run into dead ends in our lives. We run stuck in this world. And it seems like we're never going to get through. We hit brick walls. We get mired in conflicts. We exhaust all of our options. We deplete all of our hope. And, and it seems like all of it is drained from us. And we are left for dead. And in all of our lives today, our common denominator is dead ends. We've all had dead ends. We know what it's like. And some of our stories may not be as dramatic as Sabby's, but we all have stories you have a story, and I have a story, and you have a story, and we have stories on the back, and we have stories on the front. Many of you today know the stories of dead ends, of bankruptcy, cancer, depression, sexual abuse, loneliness, loveless relationships. You know the dead ends of unemployment or heart disease, the grieving loss of a loved one, Family conflicts that just won't budge. We know the dead ends in peace in Palestine and, and armed conflicts in the Middle East. We know the violence in our own streets and the profound imbalance of a global economy. We know dead ends and dry bones because we experience it every day. Come on, are you with me today? You know what I'm talking about. And so... In this ancient text, it opens up for us a window, an angle, a perspective, or a vision of dead ends and dry bones. Ezekiel's vision of dry bones is, is, is not really a story about the resurrection of, a, of the dead. It's actually used as a metaphor for the renewal of the people of God. 
when God breathes new life into them, when God begins to restore and to rebuild. You know, they were, they were exiles in, in Babylonian captivity. Their land was ravaged and, and, uh, and, and taken away from them. Their temple was destroyed. Their families were scattered. Israel, these people of God, were refugees in a strange land. And they, they regarded this political and military defeat as an irrevocable and historical judgment. It's like, God, it's not going to change. And you can't change it because if you had been able to change it, I wouldn't be where I am today. We've all given God that ultimatum and we've spoken to God in that way. Marduk, the God of the Babylonians, have prevailed. Yahweh, their God, have proven impotent and their faith have proven inadequate. And the covenant promises have proven insufficient. It's like, God, you don't know where I am. They've gone all the ways of the other empires. And it seemed like God had failed to keep his end of the covenant. His word was not working in their lives. Can, can I tell you that God is working when nothing else seems to be working? The wheels are turning. They might, may, may not be turning as fast as you want them to turn, but God is still working. And so these people stuck in Babylon, some sat by the river, and they sang old songs. And we love to sing those old songs. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I heard somebody say, man, you haven't been moved in 50 years. <laughs> That's not what it means. <laughs> They were like a field of dry bones. They were, they were dry, they were dusty, they were sun-bleached, and they were dead, and they were still. There's no life. God likes to take impossible situations and turn them into places where his miracle power is poured out. Amen. Amen. So God called Ezekiel. He said, I want you to go and stand in the middle of the cemetery. I want you to stand on the highest tombstone you can find. You're going to find neck bones, thigh bones, and wish bones as far as you can see. And I want you to proclaim my word. And this is what I want you to say. Because it really matters what you say to your situation. Because your situation will speak to you. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I want you to speak to it today. Amen. You know, the, the central hope and the un folding story of salvation is then you will know that I am the Lord because if God does a miracle for you and you don't recognize him as doing it then you're not going to give credit where credit is due amen, amen. Lauren Daigle sings a song and, and uh, me being deaf in one ear sometimes I miss out on some of the lyrics but I got these As a matter of fact years ago when we had cheap stereos in the car I really didn't hear a whole lot of the lyrics I heard a lot of the music, but now with good lyrics, I hear, 
I, I mean, with good, with good uh, stereos, I can hear the, the lyrics a whole lot better. And it's not because my hearing's not good. It's just that my hearing, uh, I, I, I was, it was coming through that, that door panel over there. And, and so with road noise, road noise and all of those things, I, I sometimes miss it. And so, but uh, but God, God speaks to us, and, and we've, got to, we've got to know that, that he is the Lord. Lauren Daigle sings this song. It says, as we cry out to dry bones, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive. Up out of the ashes, let us see an army rise. We call out to dry bones, come alive. Hallelujah. I'm here today to tell you don't be fooled by dead ends. Don't trust in your eyes or your ears. Don't believe the way of the world. Don't trust in pretty ponies, powerful kings, or piles of money because it's not over. Your hope is in God. Your hope is in God. When you're yet without power, when you're weak, when you've run out of options, when you're dead, there's still the breath of God. And brittle bones can band together and be full-blown to full life. Hallelujah. I don't know what doubt or discouragement the devil's been trying to place into your repertoire of thinking this morning. But I've come to tell you something new. I've come to tell you something real. I've come to tell you something life-giving. Amen. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that an old man and an old barren woman, amen, can give birth to a son if the promise of God is in their life. Amen. I'm speaking of Abraham. Amen. Amen. God can bring water from a rock. Amen. When it seems like there's no water around and a virgin can bear a son and they can call his name Jesus which amen when we talk about him he is Emmanuel God with us amen a garden tomb will be empty and the dead will be resurrected from that grave why because the word of God is forever settled and when it seems like you're at a dead end God can make dead bones and dead ends come to life Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. It's easy to get twisted in cheap faith. Amen. And, and, and all of those things. And oftentimes it skirts the role that Ezekiel's vision played in the story of God's people. For they did, turn, they did return home. I'm, I'm glad they did. And they did rebuild the temple. And Babylon was, was not a part of their life anymore. But, but, but the scripture and history lets us know that 50 years later they... Well, their empire fell again. Amen. But, but be that as may, there's still a deep hope that God continues to breathe new life into dead ends and dry bones. Amen. God is waiting on me. God's waiting on you to believe in him to the point that he can do the miraculous in your life. Heard the story the other day of a young man who, who went to a televangelist and he said, 
He said, I need you to pray for my hearing. So the, so the televangelist got his hands and he put it on his ears. And, and he shook and confessed and believed and prayed. And uh, for about three minutes, I mean, he just moving him all over the place. And, and when he got done, he asked the young man, he said, how's your hearing? He said, he said I don't know. It's Monday in the courtroom. <laughs> See, but God, God, can, God can breathe new life into our dead situations and marriages that are dead in the water can find the new winds of love stone cold drunks will breathe sober those embalmed with greed will be alive again with compassion both poverty of spirit and pocketbook will flush with richness. So world will be turned upside down. Those dry with depression will be drenched with a spirit of deep laughter. The joy of the Lord is truly your strength. Refugees will dance because of justice and mercy and peace and death won't have the last word. Amen. Death won't have the last word. Hallelujah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Amen. I'm not afraid of dying. Amen. Because I serve a God who's greater than what the enemy says about me. See, we have a covenant promise. We have a covenant promises. The long trenches of life and remind us that the breath of God will blow where it will. And our task is to be faithful in the waiting. And to give thanks when we feel it blow on our faces. And follow its leading even when it blows its way towards the cross. I walked out this morning and the wind was blowing. Of course, oftentimes we don't want the wind to blow. We want it to be like yesterday. 75 degrees, nice bit of sunshine, low humidity. Early in the year, we don't want the trees blooming at the time because of the pollen. We want the ground dry so we can mow our lawns or we can play ball or we can do a picnic. But sometimes... It changes. The landscape of life is very different for some than it is for others. But if we're patient in the waiting. The Lord dropped into my spirit this week concerning Moses and the children of Israel standing at the Red Sea. And they were grumbling and they were complaining and God you're not moving fast enough. And God, it's your fault that we're here. It's a dead end. We can't get out of this. I can tell you this today. God can bust a wall out. And God can make a way where there is no way. And God can make a road where there is no road. Amen. God can bring some money where there is no money. Amen. Brother Kyle was in here before service and I looked and he said he had some cookies he was going to give to somebody. I saw those cookies and I said, well, I thought we was going to have to do the five loaves and two fishes this morning. Multiply the cookies. Amen. But as the children of Israel stand at the brinks of 
the Red Sea. The Lord speaks to Moses and he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still and see my power. Be patient in your waiting. Isaiah 40 and 28 says, For have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. What that, what that means, I, I like the word even. It, it conjuncts and, and just says, listen, you know, oftentimes they don't get weary. Um, I, I can tell you today after painting all day yesterday that when you get 51, you're not able to do what you were doing when you were 30. And uh, as a matter of fact, I went to bed early last night. And, and uh, as I was laying there, uh, something hit me in the middle of the night. Anybody ever had that? It didn't happen when I was 20. It didn't happen when I was 30. It didn't happen when I was 45. <laughs> I'd paint all day, work all day, go home. I mean, just barely make it in the door. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody, any of you ever worked to the point where you're just like this? You know? It wasn't like that last night. I was actually walking erect. I was not Neanderthal. Man, I was actually full and erect. I was the way God made me. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, we've, we've all done that, and I've worked that even in my young life, down just like that. I mean, I, said, I, I remember working on a church one time in the afternoon. It was 7 o'clock in the afternoon, middle of the summer. We was putting on decking, and pastor came up, and he said, can you put that? I said, I can't go another step. I'm done. I'm 30, I was like 31, 35, but I was done. But I went home, got up the next day, fine. Last night, it was totally different. I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, I mean, pain hit me in the midsection, and I'm, I mean, I, I, was, I was laying there, and I didn't want to wake my wife up, but man, I'm like, mm. I laid her over this way, still there. I told this story to Morgan before church because I was painting on her house. I was expecting her to cry. She didn't cry or anything. I didn't say a tear or anything. I mean, there was not even any compassion. You go, old man. No, I was kidding. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> this is when you're supposed to cry. So <laughs> I mustered enough strength to get out of bed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's days like that. Amen. Amen. Said so the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. And so there's a promise, a covenant promise to us in the Lord and in the word of God that if you'll stay true to what you know to be right and you'll stay true to the word of God, amen, God will show up right on time. You know, our, our faith and confidence is not in our genetic pool. It's not in our good fortune it's not even in our earnest efforts. Our confidence, our earnest confidence and faith is that God will do a radical new thing. Amen. He'll perform resurrection and restoration of peace in our lives. Amen. Through the power of his word. I don't know about you today. Amen. But I want God to breathe new life into some situations in my life. What about you today? Amen. I need God to do a new thing. Amen. It's not about God getting you a new man. 
Amen? Oh, yeah. And it's not often about God getting you a new job. Why don't you be faithful in the job that you have? Why don't you be faithful to the man that you got? And why don't you see what God will do with what he's given you? Amen? Amen. Ah, well, you don't know what God, God married me to. God didn't marry you to him. You married yourself to him. Amen? Praise God. I better get away from that. Amen. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. The Lord says this to us, and, and uh, Peter re- reiterates this in Acts chapter 2. But he says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female slaves in those days will I pour out of my spirit. Amen. So God says, I'm going to pour it out on everybody. I'm going to pour it out on everybody, the young and the old, the rich and the poor. Amen. Uh, uh, Everybody, the young, I mean, everybody can receive it. Men, women, it doesn't matter. He says, I'm going to pour out of my spirit in those days. Can I tell you today that you're living in those days? We are living in those days. It's not a day to come. It's a day that's right now. Amen. That's the reason why when I said at the outset of the service today that when I pray, I'm saying, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. I need you, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you. The Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God, which is his spirit and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We've got it so backwards. We, we seek everything except him. Amen. We seek the doctor, the miracle worker. We seek everything. We go to every book, every Google search. We, we try to find it out uh, on some kind of search engine somewhere. We're going to figure this out. Amen. And oftentimes we don't go to God, amen, until it's our last resort. And that's all right. If you find God as your last resort, then that's all right. But why not make him first priority? Amen. Why not say, God, I don't understand everything. I don't have it all figured out. I've been going through some rough patches in my life. Things are falling apart. I, I, I've made some mistakes. And I'm, I'm here to tell you today that even though you have made mistakes, God doesn't just kick you to the curb and say, uh, I have no part and place for you. God's got a place for you today. God's got a place specially prepared for you today. Amen. And all you've got to do is say, God, I can't fix this on my own. I can't figure this out on my own. God, I'm at a dead end. I'm in dry bones and, and, and it seems like Death Valley is all around me, God. But I'm, I'm coming to you today and I'm asking, Lord, will you fill me with your spirit? Lord God, will you fill me with your spirit? God, will you make me come alive again? Will you let these dead bones, amen, come alive again? Will you breathe new life into me? Lord God, will you breathe new life into my situation? Will you breathe new life into my marriage? Will you breathe new life into my career choices, God? Will you breathe that into my life? Because I know, God, that if you breathe into me, all things will come together as they should. Stand with me this morning. Amen. I don't know what's dead in your heart this morning. I, I I don't... really know where death has a grip on your life this morning but I do know that he tries to strangle you I don't know how dry and brittle you are you may just be at the point of just being ground to powder Jesus told Peter he said 
Peter, Satan had desire that he might sift you as wheat. He just wanted to ground him to powder where there's nothing left. That may be you this morning. But, but the will of God is that your life will come out of death. New life will come out of a dead situation. Amen. When we put our confidence in God, when we put our faith in God, God will breathe new life. God will breathe new life into our situation, even if it seems like a dead end. Even if it seems like a dead end. So don't look inward. You'll be disgusted by what you see. Don't look at others. You'll be disappointed. Don't look backwards. You'll be defeated. Don't look at your circumstances. You'll be disheartened. Don't even look at your blessings because you can be diverted. Look at Jesus and you'll be delighted. Amen. It all depends on your focus, where you're putting all your energies. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask them to queue up and get ready to minister in song this morning. But I feel that the Lord wants to specifically touch someone's heart and life today. Man, if you're in this house today, don't leave here before you get what you need from God. He is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. He is a way maker. He is the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He is your righteousness and your banner. He is your hope. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is near. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who is your healer. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve today. Hallelujah. How many in this room today, you know him as a deliverer? You know him as a miracle worker. You know him as a savior. You know him as a provider. You know him as a way maker. You know him as making a way out of no way. What a mighty God we serve. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a praise offering today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 They're going to sing here in just a moment. I want to give you an opportunity to come and pray. And if you need Jesus today, you just need to be prayed over in a certain area of your life. I want you to come. Step out from where you are. You say, well, Pastor Billy, I, I can get Jesus right where I am. I understand that. I understand that. When oftentimes we don't receive what we want because we're failing to move in the direction that God wants us to move. When you step out of that aisle, or you step out in the aisle and you make your way up, your mind is telling your body, you're not staying here. I'm speaking to my flesh. I'm not staying here. One more moment. 
I'm not staying in this situation one more minute. I'm taking my body, I'm taking my flesh, I'm taking my mind to Jesus. Because something's about to change in this place today. Can you put your hands in the air? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Because of you, this ministry is possible. If this encourages you, we ask that you subscribe to receive these podcasts or share them on your social stories and tag us at GPC Arkansas. I pray you have a good week.